Okay, welcome back to Healthspan. This is the final episode of Dirty Genes by Dr. Ben Lynch. In the previous episode, I focused on four genes, MTHFR, COMP-T, MAO, and DAO. And in this episode, I'll be finishing off with the last three genes, which are GST, NOS, and PEMT. Now, in the previous episode, I didn't do the best job of explaining my distaste and my dislike for this book. So I found this article that I wanted to read explaining what I was trying to say in the previous episode of why I didn't enjoy this book. But before I do that, I'll go ahead and quickly finish off these last three genes, and I'll be starting off with GST. So GST slash GPX. GST stands for for glutathione S transferase, and GPX stands for glutathione peroxidase. Now glutathione, I'm sure everyone has heard of this. This is the master antioxidant in your body. So there are various antioxidants in your body like vitamin C, vitamin E, uh, astaxanthin. There's various antioxidants, but glutathione is kind of known as being the master antioxidant. What it does is it specifically catalyzes the conjugation of the reduced form of glutathione to certain xenobiotic substances for the purpose of detoxification and excretion. So again, glutathione S-transferase will... Uh, add onto certain substrates um, for the purpose of getting rid of them uh, from your body. So glutathione has been known to neutralize certain reactive oxygen species. And GPX, the glutathione peroxidase, functions to really detox hydrogen peroxide and turn it into water. So we have these various free radicals in our body, hydrogen peroxide being one of them. Um, There's other free radicals that are kind of unpaired electrons that really damage our DNA. And I know the free radical theory has been kind of debunked, but it's still important to reduce the amount of free radicals to really protect your DNA. And we see that people who have overexpression of this GPX, uh, it really prevents endothelial cell death, and it increases resistance to certain uh, toxic challenges. And then glutathione peroxidase also helps prevent cardiac dysfunction after certain uh, ischemic reperfusion injuries. So it's really important to have good functioning detoxifications in your body because throughout the day, um, in just in the environment, in the food you eat, um, in the water you drink, we accumulate a lot of these toxins and it's important to have a a readily disposable way uh, of just getting rid of these substances. So this is why it's important to have good uh, glutathione and high amounts of glutathione in your body. And I'll be describing how to get good glutathione and how to have good functioning GST, GPX genes. So I'm going to be moving forward and describing uh, you know, what makes this GST, GPX genes dirty, quote unquote dirty. So exposure to a lot of industrial chemicals, heavy metals, bacterial toxins and plastics, these can make GST dirty. Stress, uh, a disrupted methylation cycle. So we know we need methylation to help uh, in the functioning of GST insufficient riboflavin or B2, insufficient selenium, and also insufficient cysteine. So cysteine found in many uh, you know, nutrition, nutritious foods uh, and made from homocysteine is the key ingredient in glutathione. And as you may know by now, if your GST slash GPX gene doesn't have enough glutathione available, it can't function at all. Now, so for a little bit more detail into glutathione as this primary protector, your body burns oxygen, within your mitochondria, which are the energy powerhouses of your body's cells. From this process, your mitochondria produce your body's primary energy carrier, which of course is ATP. 
but the burning process produces lots of harmful byproducts, including free radicals. So whenever we produce ATP, we also produce some amount of free radicals. Now to protect themselves against those byproducts, the source of what we call oxidative stress, your mitochondria needs a lot of glutathione. Now, guess what else produces damage for uh, glutathione to clean up? It's also inflammatory foods. So if you eat foods that are highly inflammatory, for example, sugars and unhealthy fats, um, you know, we need, it's producing a lot of this inflammation, which glutathione needs to come in and clean up. Overeating also produces an inflammatory compound called methylglycol. And this is commonly elevated in people with diabetes, people who have a high protein diet, and also people who are following this ketogenic diet. So glutathione protects you by converting methyl uh, methyl uh, glycol to uh, lactic acid. So again, it's helping with this detox- detoxification anytime we're producing ATP, anytime we're eating inflammatory foods. Thus, it's important to have good functioning glutathione. So what are some other stuff that you need? Um, again, I kind of went over the nutrients needed for um, good glutathione, but quickly again, it's important to have good cysteine. So in order to make the antioxidant glutathione, your body requires cysteine, which is a sulfur-containing amino acid that many people are deficient in. So where can I get high amounts of cysteine in my diet? Well, if you eat red meat, sunflower seeds, chicken, turkey, eggs, broccoli, broccoli has huge amounts of cysteine, cabbage, cauliflower, asparagus, artichokes, and onions. This is where you can get your cysteine. Again, you also need riboflavin which you can get from liver, lamb, mushrooms, etc. And you finally need selenium. So your GPX needs selenium, which is a trace mineral that many people are deficient in. You get selenium from things like Brazil nuts, tuna, halibut, sardines, beef, liver, chicken, brown rice, and also eggs. So incorporate these into your diet if you, have, if you want to have good glutathione production. Again, clean up your environment. So every time you eat, drink, breathe, or touch an industrial product, you know, you're putting a burden on your body and your body has to use its detoxification system to get rid of this. The more you can limit your exposure, the less detox labor your body has to do, the less glutathione you need, and the easier job your GST slash GPX genes need to do. So again, really, you can also sweat it out. It's important to really detox your body. There's four ways to get rid of substances in your body. You can breathe it out, pee it out, poop it out, or sweat it out. So use regular saunas 15-20 minutes a day to help sweat out any of those heavy metals or toxins in your body. And again, just uh, you know, you can also also grow broccoli sprouts and radish sprouts. This is what he's suggesting. So that's glutathione in a nutshell. Um, it's it's a really important master antioxidant, and you can support it again uh, through those various ways I just described. So I'm going to be moving on to the next gene, the second to last gene, which is NOS. NOS is nitric oxide synthase. This enzyme, or this gene that's producing NOS, catalyzes the conversion of L-arginine to nitric oxide. So L-arginine, arginine is this amino acid, and it's a pre- precursor to nitric oxide. Now, nitric oxide, I'm sure many of you are familiar with. This has various functions in your body. For example, we all know it as this vasodilator. We know it relaxes blood vessels via relaxing smooth muscle in the in the lining. Uh, it's important in cell signaling. It's important for development of the nervous system. It's important for peristalsis, which is the movement of food in your GI tract. 
It's important for sexual arousal and it's important for angiogenesis. So those are all the functions of nitric oxide. Uh, most people know nitric oxide through the fact that this is how kind of Viagra works. So Cialis, Viagra, they inhibit the enzyme that breaks down nitric oxide. So you're essentially getting more nitric oxide, causing this, you know, um, you know, longer, longer lasting erections, uh, more blood flow in that area, etc. So that's probably what we, we know nitric oxide for. But again, it has these various functions in, in your body. And to move forward, what are some signs of dirty NOS3? So co common signs include uh, chest pain or angina, anxiety, cold hands and feet, depression, heart attack, erectile dysfunction, high blood pressure. Uh, we know diabetes also dirties up your NOS3 if it wasn't already born dirty. So instead of making nitric oxide, your NOS3 actually makes superoxide, which is a free radical. Um, so it's really important to prevent diabetes and prediabetes. Now, another NOS3 danger is birth defects. So again, I mentioned how nitric oxide is important for nervous system development. So during fetal development, your baby is growing rapidly and needs you to form new blood vessels to nourish his or her developing cells and tissue. Uh, so this is another important function of NOS. And the, another impact of NOS is for women. So if you're a woman and you're pregnant, during pregnancy, women experience high levels of estrogen and nitric oxide. In fact, estrogen stimulates NOS3 to work better and to produce more nitric oxide. This additional nitric oxide is essential for forming new blood vessels, preventing blood clots, and increasing blood flow to the developing baby. If you have a dirty NOS3 during pregnancy, you're at an increased risk of recurrent miscarriages, congenital birth defects, and also preeclampsia. How about NOS3 in postmenopausal women? So we know postmenopause, your estrogen plummets and you, you know, your hormones are thrown off. The risk of all types of heart disease, high blood pressure, blood clots, and heart attack increase dramatically for women after menopause. That's because estrogen, as noted above, stimulates NOS3 to produce nitric oxide. When estrogen levels drop after menopause, nitric oxide production falls and cardiovascular risk increases. So again, I'm, I'm showing you the importance of having good NOS in your body for women, for men, um, you know, for everybody. It's important to have good functioning nitric oxide um, synthase. Uh, gene activation, uh, gene expression. How do you have, so what are some key nutrients for a healthy NOS3? Well, you can use, like I mentioned, arginine is a amino acid that's a precursor to nitric oxide. So you can have high amounts of arginine. This will help support nitric oxide. So where, where can you get arginine? Places like turkey breast, pork loin, chicken, pumpkin seeds, um, spirulina, certain dairy products, chickpeas, lentils. We also need calcium. So your NOS3 also needs um, calcium, which you can get, again, from cheese, milk, other dairy products, dark leafy greens, uh, green beans. Your nitric oxide synthase also needs uh, iron. So we can get iron from, again, liver, uh, seeds from squash and pumpkins. We also need riboflavin or B2, which, again, you can get from places like liver, lamb, mushrooms, etc. Finally, nitric oxide synthase needs plenty of oxygen which you obviously get from breathing. So if you have sleep apnea, if you're a mouth breather, if you snore, if you have chronic sinus congestion, this can decrease the amount of oxygen in your body and you won't get proper uh, nitric oxide production 
you know, in, in your body. So those are some ways to really have good functioning NOS. Now, just to quickly finish off with the last gene here, it's a PEMT. So PEMT stands for phosphatidyl ethanol O ethanol amine N methyltransferase or PEMT. This molecule, PEMT gene, converts this phosphatidyl ethyl enolamine to phosphatidylcholine in your liver. So it's essentially an enzyme that converts one substrate into, into something else. And phosphatidylcholine, I talked about it before, but what it does, it helps make up your cell membrane. So every single one of your cells is surrounded by this cell membrane and phosphatidylcholine keeps your cell membrane fluid and healthy, allowing them to function at the optimal level. If they become stiff, unhealthy, and non-functional, I'm talking about your cell membranes, they can't move nutrients into your cells or transport harmful compounds out. So this is why it's important to have good, fluid, you know, non-static cell membrane, and phosphatidylcholine plays a huge role in that. This is why you need PEMT. Now, PEMT deficiency in mice along with a decrease in uh, choline in diet, can cause liver failure. And the mechanism is rapid phosphatidylcholine depletion due to um, like decreased amount of, uh, for whatever reason, can lead to steatosis and steatohepatitis. So it's essentially really inhibiting liver function and livers are really important for you know various things. This is why it's important to have good uh, phosphatidylcholine. Um... Let's see, moving forward. Again, if you have this quote-unquote dirty PEMT, he gives this laundry list of, of things that you may be suffering from, like um, you're intolerant to fatty foods, you have a, you've had your gallbladder taken out, you have general pain, if you've been told you have fatty liver, or someone in your family has fatty liver, um, your right shoulder is tight by your scapula, and he kind of goes on this laundry list, which leads me to uh, this perfect transition of why I dislike this book. And again, I tried to explain in the last episode why I really didn't enjoy this book. But I found this amazing article by this man named Jonathan Jerry. And he titled this article, The Genetic Astrology of Naturopath Ben Lynch. So again, Ben Lynch is a naturopathic doctor. He's not a medical doctor. He's not a PhD He's this naturopathic doctor and he does a great and this article by Jonathan Jerry does a great job of explaining why I did not enjoy this book and why I recommend you not read this book. So he goes, are you a, Huffle, are you a Huffle, Hufflepuff or Gryffindor, erudite or dauntless uh, or maybe plain, uh, you know, or how about plain old astrology? Are you a Capricorn? Belonging to a discrete category can be reassuring to many people. We're told we have these traits, but not those traits. And we get a cool label we can use to recognize other members in our group. It provides clarity and security. But while I have seen genes that cause cancer, I have never seen cancer in genes until I read Ben Lynch's book, Dirty Genes. Lynch is a naturopath whose thesis is that seven genes have been shown to have the most far-reaching effect on your body if their function is impaired you get disease he doesn't even need to get your labs tested to know which of these seven genes is dirty based on your symptoms he just knows he will give you a label like for example slow comp t and will recommend lifestyle changes and supplements 
to quote-unquote clean that gene. As with so much modern pseudoscience, there's a seed of truth that gets oversimplified. So let's walk through this soap-based plan from making a, a laundry list of what's dirty to scrubbing them the bad stuff away to spot cleaning the leftover dirt. So this next section is, are your genes cheating on me? So there are quizzes you can take in this book that are not miles away from, quote, is my boyfriend secretly cheating on me? For example, let's take a look at this quiz uh, Lynch provides to determine if your MTHFR gene is dirty. I suffer from headaches. I sweat easily and profusely. I take supplements of folic acid. I struggle with depression. I have cold hands and feet. If you answered, quote unquote, yes to at least one of these statements, your MTHFR gene requires some attention, according to Lynch. And that's just one of the seven genes he quizzes you on. For GST GPX, which I just talked about, if you merely breathe air and drink water, you will find yourself in need of a soak and scrub. So you're not getting out of these quizzes without being um, directed to invest in his therapeutic philosophy. And this is the hallmark of pseudoscience, which is the creation of a simple boogeyman. So for acupuncturist, it's the impaired flow of the so-called river, rivers of energy within your body. For chiropractors, it's this type of misalignment in your spine that radiologists can't even see. For Lynch, it's the impaired function of these seven genes. Um, So he kind of goes on and he says, but do genes get dirty? Lynch uses the term as a simplistic analogy. What he means is that genes can malfunction. And then he talks about how genes are these stretches of DNA that contain instructions to make proteins, which are, um, you know, do various functions in your body. And if your genes contain mistakes, the protein they will produce will be short or missing a bit or unable to adopt the right shape to perform the function. Um, So this is all true. And it's also true that Lynch explains in his book that epigenetic modification can also negatively impact our genes. The real problem is, is that Lynch stops at this kernel of truth and he believes he's figured it all out. Long lists appearing throughout his book inform us that quote-unquote dirt on or within seven all uh, seven all-important genes he's chosen are associated with everything from Alzheimer's disease to vascular dementia. In truth, we have over 20,000 genes. And while some are central in their functions you know, compared to others, trying to explain every bit of anxiety, every lack of motivation, every headache, with the short list of seven, like culprits, is simply misguided. So a mixed bag of laundry. Once you have been assigned your very own genetic zodiac sign, like for example, fast comp T or uh, slow DAO, you're invited to kind of move on to the soak and scrub phase, where broad lifestyle changes are supposed to clean up your dirty genes. Um, so I'm just going to finish off with this last little bit. Um, You know, none of these recommendations it bears mentioning requires any knowledge of your genetics. Getting high quality of sleep, eating better, and managing our stress level are universal instructions for a healthy life. So so this article goes on and on, but I'm just going to stop here so you understand the gist of what this guy's saying. He puts you in a a category like a certain zodiac sign, or he puts you in this basket like, oh, you're a Gryffindor, you're a Hufflepuff or whatever. And then he's saying, just do this stuff and it'll clean your genes. And... Like, oh, you feel this way, you must have this dirty gene. And you can do this soak and scrub phase, which he has in this book, to help clean up your genes. Oh, and what do you know? He also has his own supplements and vitamin formulations for you to buy if you're suffering from any of these diseases. 
So he'll give you a broad list of complaints. And it sort of reminds me of like a fortune teller and card reading. You know how someone goes to a fortune teller and they tell you like this very broad generic thing. And it comes true because it's so broad and generic. That's how I felt about reading this book. Um, So again, we have over 20,000 genes, closer to 30,000. And while these seven genes are extremely important, they're not the end-all be-all. And the generic instructions of cleaning up our genes is very simple. Living a healthy lifestyle, exercising, sleeping right, eating healthy foods, fasting, reducing stress, reducing chronic inflammation, stuff like that. That's how you optimize all your genes. That's how you take care of everything by just having a simple, healthy lifestyle. Okay, it's really that simple. It's not that you have a dirty gene and this is why you're feeling a certain way. Okay, so that's that's the essence of of what I'm trying to say in this book. Um, This is like the 13th book I've done in my podcast, and it's probably my least favorite. I don't don't recommend reading it. And I'm glad I finished with it. So I'm going to conclude the podcast here. Uh, Tune in next week for another episode of a new book. I'm going to be covering probably Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker. But if you have any book suggestions, send me a DM. Let me know. I'll go ahead and cover that book. I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you tune in next time. Thanks for listening.